Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. And now Alexi is going to read our scripture. Hear now a word from Leviticus 23 and 22. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord. I am the Lord your God. Luke 29 through 16. A man planted a vineyard and rented it out to the vine growers and went on a journey for a long time. At the harvest time, he sent a servant to the wine growers, vine growers so that they would give him some of the produce of the vineyard. But the vine growers beat him and sent him away empty handed. And he proceeded to send another servant and they beat him also and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty handed. And he proceeded to send a third, and this one also they wounded and cast out. The owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the vine growers saw him, they reasoned with one another saying, this is the heir. Let's kill him so that the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy these vine growers and will give the vineyard to the others. When they heard it, they said, may it never be the word of God for the people of God. Amen. amen. Can y'all hear me well? Welcome. Good morning this morning. Let us go into prayer before we go into our word this morning. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the gathering of your people. We ask that our hearts and minds be open at this time. Um, But the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. You are our strength. You are our endurance. You are our inspiration. It's in the name of the Black Messiah we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Islands, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. 
And as I was walking the rip, that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me the golden valley. This land was made for you and me. I roamed and I rumbled and I followed my footsteps to the sparkling sands of her diamond desert while all around me a voice was sounding. This land was made for you and me. When the sun came shining and I was scrolling and the wheat fields waving and the dust clouds rolling, a voice was chanting as the frog was lifting. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. Yes, but not so much. For centuries, our country, the United States of America, and all that it is has ever has never saw this land as a land for everyone. Not for women, not for black and brown folks, not for the foreigner, not for the poor, the unprotected. It was taken by way of war and genocide. It grew off the backs of those who were seen as not even full humans or citizens of the United States. We see the scars of our history play out even today in interactions all across this country. Yes, this land was made for you and me. Yes, but all don't see it that way. Because some of, uh, of us in America continue to thrive off this barrier to entry to attaining the American dream by way of uh, systematic racism, poor education, a poor justice system with no accountability, tax laws that only benefit the rich. And let's not forget that new age process of gentrification, pricing people of color out of neighborhoods, all backed by churches. This land was made for you and me. Yes, not in the eyes of some though, but yes, in the eyes of God. And we are here to take care of it, to cultivate it, to produce something, to support it, not to drain it of all of its resources, but to give God. God gave us dominion so that we may work to benefit the land and the people and the animals living on it. In Genesis 2 and 15, the Lord God said, he took man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. This land was made for you and me. In the eyes of God, yes, but from the viewpoint of certain sects of society, no. Not in the eyes of America, not in the eyes of the global world, not when it comes to land and money and justice. In God's eyes, this land and the taking care of it goes hand in hand with taking care of the people that occupy it. But we most often don't see this correlation. We didn't see it in Flint, Michigan, where the government body didn't care about the water nor the people. They cared about the bottom line. We didn't see it during COVID, where in some cities, landlords were kicking the elderly out on the streets, families lost their homes and their land. All the while, Congress was fighting over $1,200 and $600 in unemployment benefits. And people were starving in their homes and losing jobs. But somehow, some way, the rich got richer and housing prices went up. They cared about the bottom line. We didn't see it when it came to care about black and brown bodies and interaction with, their, with cops and even civilians. 
even after historic victory in the courts, in the case of George Floyd, we have seen several cases since then of cop killing black people. Six killings within 24 hours of the trial. We most often don't see it in the courtroom. We haven't seen it in cases after cases that did not honor black lives. For some, Black Lives Matter became a hate slogan and for others, it was an outcry for help to be seen. It messed with some folks' privilege and profits. It wasn't good for business. They cared about the bottom line more than black bodies. They cared about the blue code more than what was wrong or what was right. A hundred years to this day, a hundred years ago, we didn't see it also on Black Wall Street. Tulsa Race Massacre in 1921, a hundred years ago when the entire town of black, well-off to do black people, their town was burned down, trees destroyed, land destroyed, animals killed right alongside their owners. And when they came back trying to rebuild and to reshape the powers that be denied them wood and tools to rebuild. So they took their property and their land and they used it for themselves. In the Bible I read, this land and taking care of it goes hand in hand with taking care of the people that occupy it. We have never seen this parallel when it comes to people who look like me, care for both land and people. On the other hand, we did see land being used to keep people out. Cities created zones and zones are nothing but mental and physical lines that create boundaries. Uh, they're written with, or they're drawn and created with the pen of racism and classism. They built pole housing to keep black and brown folks in place. We have seen it with something they call redlining. We saw every major bank and realtor companies and mortgage companies who have been sued and lost cases and paying out millions of dollars all because they treated people of color, black and brown folks different when it came to lending and interest rates and home ownership and land. They knew if they controlled the land, then they could control the people and they could control what they would be exposed to. So these companies drew red circles around neighborhoods and they didn't invest in them. The fact of the matter is, we can't take care of the land if we don't take care of the people, no matter the color, the economic status or their zip code. So is this land really made for you and me equally? <laughs> not in the eyes of some, but in the eyes of God, yes. But in the work of society, not so much though it should be, though we should be working towards just that. So in our word this morning, God is commissioning America, commissioning us to use the resources gained from this land to cultivate, to support those who are occupying it, to take care of the whole and not the few, not just the privilege, to cultivate the land in a way so that when the harvest does come, everyone can partake in its benefits. Leviticus 23, 22, which was read this morning says, when you reap a harvest of your land, do not reap up to the very edges of the field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord, your God. This, this verse says a lot, but in light of our current state in America, this goes further than the scope of just looking at a harvest or a physical crop or the use of it the cultivating of it. This verse touches 
at the very heart of what's going on in America and how we as a godly race should interact with one another. When you reap a harvest, it said of your land, do not reap up to the edges, but save something for the foreigner of the poor people residing among you. In other words, it is telling us this morning, speaking to the very issues of what we have today of how we should treat our neighbors and how we should view our neighbors. This verse can be reimagined and reassembled to speak to what's important then and still what's important today. That when we reap a harvest, America, a harvest in all that we have taken or you have taken, all that we have been blessed with, those of us who have been given privilege to have, don't put up fences of systematic racism and oppression to keep people out. Don't be blind to your privilege. Don't use land as a weapon. But when you reap a harvest, don't take it all for yourself. Don't reap it up to the edges. When you reap a harvest, don't create justice systems that are favorable for some and damns the rest. But when you reap a harvest with your privilege, allow, allow it to see or to understand the plight of those not like you. Those who haven't walked your path or been beneficiaries of, of this American dream fostered by whites. When you reap a harvest, when you have received something in return, give back part of which, that, of which God has given you. Create word, ways to foster equity for others. If you can see your, the justice system working for you, then give back in words and deeds so that it can work for everyone. That's how you don't reap up to the edges. If, if you see that business practices are not, not, not fair when it comes to hiring and home ownership and buying of land and the use of land, then speak up and find ways to make sure that everyone has a chance to the American dream. And this is where our parable come into play this morning. Not only was it spoken in Leviticus, but Jesus was, was preaching a sermon that he didn't even know he was preaching. Yes, yes, there's a different exegesis with this, but underneath, there's another focus. In Luke 20, Jesus, Jesus is in a conversation. Jesus in, is in the midst of a heated conversation with the big dogs, a.k.a. the Pharisees. And they ask him a shady question and they ask Jesus in his spunky and feisty way, he, he gives a parable. And he says to them, a man planted a vineyard and rented it out to vine growers and went on a journey for a long time. And when harvest time came, he sent service to the vine growers so that they would be, be given back some of the produce of the vineyard. But the vine growers beat him and sent him away empty-handed. And then he proceeded to send another servant and they beat him and treated him shamefully as well and sent him away empty-handed. And then he proceeded to send a third and the same was the same case. They wounded him and casted him out. And then the vine owner asked himself a question, what shall I do? I will send my beloved son, perhaps they will respect him. But when the vine growers saw him, they reason amongst themselves, saying this is the heir. Let's kill him so that the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. 
What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? Jesus said he will come and destroy the vine growers and will give the vineyard to others. When the Pharisees heard this, they said, may it never be. Yes, Jesus was talking about his forthcoming sacrifice. And not only his sacrifice, but the aftermath of it. God sent all of these prophets and people to warn them, to teach them a way, a new way, and none of them were accepted. And now God has sent his son, his beloved son, and their plan is to take his life. But Christ says there will be a reckoning. There will, there will be a, re, re, a, a reversal of such. Yes, Jesus was talking about this, but let's look at this from a different viewpoint. I, I told you Jesus was preaching a sermon. He didn't know he was preaching. These, these vine growers, if you could reimagine, were given something. God shared something with them. The land, the, the skill set, the opportunity to do something, to cultivate something. That was not their own, but it was given to them. They didn't find the vineyard. It was given to them. They didn't make the seeds. They tended to it, and it produced something. And now the image of God, the owner of the vineyard, was requesting to have a little of it back to be shared amongst the whole. This owner of the vineyard didn't want all that was produced. The owner just wanted what was fair, what was just what was needed to sustain the household. And he sent person after person, servant after servant, give what is fair, what is equitable. But this is no different than what has been going on for years if we look throughout history. Jesus is preaching another sermon here, as I said. God has sent person after person. He sent Richard Allen and Frederick Douglass and Martin Luther King, Coretta Scott King, Rose Park, John Lewis, Michael Metz, Ellen Baker, Megar Evers, uh, Fannie Lou Hammer, Ruby Bridges, James Baldwin, Muhammad Ali, LeBron James, Barack Obama, Stacey Adams. God has sent all of these vessels, these servants of God, have came saying that Black lives matter. Give us what is fair, what is equitable. It's not about wanting it all or coming to take anything or any land from anyone. It's not about that. Yes, land has been used as a weapon against our community, but this is only a symptom of the real problem. See, the main issue is that the system, the people running the system and the people benefiting from the system don't see us as equal. They don't want to lose what they have. Like these vine growers, they don't want to give up a part of what they have to someone they see as less than. It's not equal. The fact of the matter is, we can't take care of the land if we don't take care of the people that occupy it. No matter the color, the economic status, or the zip code. And if we're going to care about the trees and the water we drink, the food we eat, if Earth Day is important to you and me, if cultivating land in ways that protects the earth and the air we breathe is important, which it is, then the people must be also. The ones who receive the benefit of the trees, 
the ones who drink the water, the one who walk the earth, who breathe the fresh air. If we give the same care to the people as we do the land, if it is godly care to both, then both should prosper. Both should grow. Both should be able to experience the goodness that life can provide, that God can provide without anyone hindering their progress to live a fruitful life. If godly care is given to both, the land and the human, the servant and the vineyard, the servant and the vine grower, both should receive a reward. Both should have enough to sustain, to live our abundant life. If we give godly care to both. There's a quote that says, we must give more in order to get more. It is the generous giving of ourselves that produces the generous harvest. We must give more to get more. It is the generous giving of ourselves that produces the generous harvest. The fact of the matter is, if we don't take care of the land, we can't take care of the land if we don't take care of the people. No matter their color, their economic status, or their zip code. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Mm -hmm.